0: Well, kids, uh, this morning, we're going to focus on you. The target is on you. Uh, I hope you don't feel too uncomfortable. Uh, we're gonna, we talked about husbands and wives. We'll talk about parents next week. We'll talk, and you might want to come and just nudge your parents while I'm preaching. Uh, some people, you know, they struggle with their families so much that they bring them all the way from Texas just so their kids will hear this message this morning. Uh, the pelleteers are here, uh, Mike and Holly and Amanda, Mike and Holly and Amanda, am I right? They moved up here and they were the first young people ever at Bear Valley church. And, uh, then they had some more kids and then they doggone them anyways. They moved away from us. Uh, but we hope for magnets of moving back. They told me that's not going to happen, but uh, God does things that we don't always know sometimes. (laughs) Would you agree? Anyways, it's great to have the Pelletiers here. Awesome to have you here. I hope your kids get straightened out through this message. (laughs) They're not bad kids. I was just teasing. Uh, Turn in your Bibles, kids, and everybody else to Colossians chapter 3. Uh, kids, if you're sitting by, uh, you don't know how to get to Colossians chapter three, look at one of the old people around you and have them help you get there. Okay. Colossians chapter three. Um, some of you kids may not come to church regularly. Uh, I grew up in a church and I sat in a church similar to Bear Valley church right here. And it was kind of interesting. I sat in a row almost every week with my grandma and grandpa uh, my parents, my sister, and my aunt and uncle, and my cousins. And so I, a lot of times I sat with my cousins. And I sat in a church similar to this, and I hope this doesn't... In, in my generation, sometimes this happened to us. I don't know what we were thinking, but there was a sense, I, at least I grew up thinking this, that church was for old people. Um, old people like my parents and my grandparents. and And I remember sitting there going... Uh, listening to the music or listening to the preacher preach, and it I always had a good seat because they had um, they had a church like this, but they had some also some seats over there and over there, and we always sat over there, which was really good uh, because you could see the clock in the back. Uh, and so you learn to tell time, and you're like, okay, pastor should be finishing up in about five minutes here, why is he going so long, you know, and, and you start looking, and you're going, he should be done, and then he keeps going on, and you're going, you know, you want to go, that clock in the back, you know, and I remember, you know, sometimes you get fidgety in church, or I'd be sitting with my cousin Tim, and we'd start messing around, and we didn't really like you know, it re- didn't really relate to things because church is for old people in my mind. And and either my grandparents, my mom and dad or my aunt and uncle would do this. You know, they would give you the look like you're going to turn into a block of salt or something like that. And you're like, oh, no. And there's a sense in which I got the feeling that that um, I would think in my heart, church is for old people. It seems like it's for old people. I'm not old. And They're yelling at me, and they're like, pay attention, learn to like this, because, yeah, because you'll be old someday, or something like that, and I I just didn't quite get some of that, and I wanted to tell you kids, at the outset of our meeting today, that church is not for old people, it's for everybody, it's for everybody, the young and the old alike, and so this morning, in fact, church isn't for old people today, it's for kids, it's for kids. I know there's a lot of things in life that maybe you think aren't for kids. In fact, you always want to be big. You always want to be big. I think of the maybe you've gone to Magic Mountain or Disneyland and you've gone through that terrible experience where you're looking at a ride and you see it and you say, oh, that ride's awesome. I'm going to go on that ride. And then you go up to that sign. You know what sign I'm talking about, kids? That sign that says you can't go on the ride unless you're this tall. And then you go up there and you're like stretching as best you can. You're stretching to be as tall as you can and you don't measure up. And they go, you're too little to ride on this ride. Oh, that's an awful feeling, isn't it, kids? Some of your parents are having flashbacks right now and they're going, oh, I remember that day. I remember that day. I want to tell you, kids, to start out this morning, you may ask the question here at church, you know, what can I do? I'm just a kid. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you this morning that God has made you a powerful force both in your home and in this church. That God has put you in a, a significant p- position in your, in your family and, and in your church. And you say, well, that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I want to share with you a verse. You don't have to turn there. We'll stay in Colossians 3 verse 20 today. But in Psalm 127, it says this. Let me read it to you, kids. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. What that verse means, kids, is this. That in your family, in your family, I, I know this for certain because God said it in His Word. What He did when He put you in your family whether you uh, were born in a hospital to your parents or you were born and then you were adopted later. What he has done, he has especially, he wanted to give a gift to your family. And it's as if he wrapped you up and he said, I want to give something super valuable, special to change that family. And it was you. And it was you. So don't ever think that, oh, I'm just a kid in this family, that I'm not important, I'm not big enough or whatever. But when God wanted to give a gift to your family, He gave you. He gave you. And so that's the first thing I want you kids to think about. The second thing, even before we get started and rolling here this morning, kids, is this. God is not random. You know what random means, kids? Or, or God is not haphazard, or He doesn't think, and He just does things for no reason at all. There wasn't in the hospital when you were born a pile of babies in the back. There was a girl pile and a boy pile. And your parents didn't go up to the window and say, I'll take a boy. I'll take a boy. One, one girl, order up. And, and God did not just grab one and go, here, take this one. Eh, eh, whatever, you know, just take the next one. You know what God did when he placed you as a gift in your family? He knew your parents. He knew your parents. He knew your siblings. He, he knew the brothers and sisters that you would have. And he said, this is the one that fits perfectly with that family. God is not reckless like we are. He doesn't do things without reason. So he took you and he placed you in that family as a gift. I want to ask a question. One, one more thing, kids. I want you to think of this. If you want to talk out loud, go ahead. We're not in school. And I'm not a teacher. Uh, so so I want to ask you this question, kids. Who's a sinner in your family? Or who's the sinner in the family? Go ahead. Answer the question. Go ahead, kids. Who's the sinner in the family? No pointing. I appreciate, uh, you know, some some of kids have been taught well, and you say, I am. I'm the sinner. Me. Me. But let me tell you the truth, kids. I'll tell you who the sinner is in your family. It's your dad. It's your dad. He's the sinner of the family, okay? But wait, there's more. You know who it is, kids? It's your mom. Your mom is the sinner of the family. And you know what, kids? It's you. It's you. And this should come as no shock to you. It's your brother or your sister is the center of the family. Okay? So we're like, duh, you know. Of course it's my brother or sister. And, th- and kids, get this, get this. You say, Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to be a part of a family? It's real simple. Your dad's a sinner. Your mom's a sinner. You're a sinner your brother, your sister, and what happens, and you know this if you're part of a large family. It's bad to live with one sinner, that's a sibling, but it just gets exponentially worse. If you don't know what that word means, it means a lot worse real quickly, okay? The more kids you have, and what happens is you put them under one roof in one house in one household, and there's just a lot of sin in your home. That's just that's just the truth of it, kids. It's just hard. You know, uh, in fact, uh, it's sort of interesting sometimes. Summer's kind of an interesting time, isn't it, kids? If you've you got a lot going on in your home and, and somebody goes to camp, like in our house, one of our kids went to camp one week, one went the other. And it's it's hard to to sin to the fullest when you don't have your brother or sister around to fight with, right? And yet when they're around, boy, it's like this, right? There's a sense in which it's easier to sin with more people. That's your family. That's why it's so hard. Kids, we're talking about the book of Colossians. And I want to tell you what the book of Colossians is all about, and then we'll talk about this one verse. The book of Colossians is talking about how great Jesus is and how we need him above everything else. We can try other things, we can go other places. And those things will leave us behind. But we need Jesus. We need Jesus. And so it it talks about how great Jesus is and how we need him and that the difference that he's going to make in each one of our lives. And as kids, as you have a relationship with Jesus, it's like a super friendship, okay? It's that we know him and even more importantly that we know him. He knows everything about us. He knows everything about us, and it's like we sang in the song that that because of what Jesus did on the cross, he washes away all our sins and brings us into this special relationship with him. It's a super special relationship that means everything that means everything. that's what we're talking about this morning, kids, I want to tell you that nobody, not your mom, not your dad, not your siblings, not you, not your grandparents. Nobody, nobody should trust themselves with their life. Nobody, nobody at all. Doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how young you are, doesn't matter what family you came from. Nobody should trust themselves with their life. They should trust Jesus with it. And this morning we're going to talk about one verse that kind of highlights that for you, for kids. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. Let me read it to you a few times, kids. And you can follow along in that Bible that you opened. If you closed it already, don't do that again. Kids of all ages. is for, uh, That was for kids of all ages. Verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. For this pleases the Lord. This may be a little bit different in the Bible you're reading, but but just follow along verse 20 children obey your parents in everything for this pleases the lord well well where's where did i read that from kids where did i read that from the bible right it's in a book uh within the bible colossians and it's in the third chapter in verse 20 and sometimes you go well where did we get our bible what is it what the Bible is, it's a message from God. It's a message from God to you, to you and to me. It's, it's God says, I have something to tell you. I, I want you to listen to what I say. Now, now let me, let me just get to you here on this. Most of the time when somebody tells you something in your mind, you may not say this out loud, but maybe some of you say this your mom tells you something your dad tells you something a teacher a coach and you say this in your mind this is just kids say this adults don't say this i know i know don't tell me that again i know i know how to deal with my life i know what i should be doing and what i shouldn't be doing i'm smart that was a joke about the parents not saying that adults say that all the time they say, don't tell me what to do. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm smart. I can figure it out. But sometimes, kids, we push away when somebody tells us something and we don't like hearing it or it's different. We go, I know, I know. How many of you like to bake? More importantly, how many of you like cake? How many of you like cake? Okay. There's, that's a majority, by the way. You know, we can, we can vote on that and pass that right away. We like cake. Kids, say you like cake and you think to yourself, I want to bake a cake or build a cake or whatever you want to say, however you want to say. It. I want to I want to bake a cake, okay? And you say I'm going to do it and and yet yet somebody says to you, "Here's a recipe." And you say, "I know. I know. I don't need a recipe." And so you go into the kitchen and you get one of those big mixing bowls, those those Ones that clang a lot and stuff like that. And you say, you know, I've seen people bake cakes before. I've watched it on TV. I've watched my mom. I've watched my... And so you just start grabbing stuff and you go, yeah, I think they use some of this. And you pour some of this in, some flour. And then there's some baking soda or baking powder or baking something. And you toss some of that in there. Can't figure out which one it is, baking powder or baking soda. But you just put them both in. I think there's some salt. I don't know salt seems good on meat, so it must be good in cake, and so you're going like this, and you just start throwing stuff in, you start throwing stuff in, and you say, well, milk and water have to go in there, because you can't stir so you start pouring milk and water in, and you just start stirring it up, just start stirring, and, and you're stirring and stirring, and you go, it kind of looks like, what mom does with grandma. I've seen this kind of looking like this. And you say, so you get a pan, you, you throw it in a pan and you turn the oven on and you go, there's all these buttons. I don't know. I'll just keep pushing buttons. And you put the cake in there. You put the, and and, and you wait for a minute and you, you look at it. No, it's not done yet. And you, and you wait till it starts to look like it would be done. And then you pull it out and you go, I, I made a cake. What's going to happen? kids? Okay, <laughs> What's going to happen when you eat that cake? It's going to be disgusting. It's going to be gross. It's going to make you not like cake anymore. If that's what cake is, it's, it's going to... And you say, well, why is that going to taste bad? Because you didn't know what you were doing. You were just throwing stuff in. You were saying, I know. I don't need anybody to tell me the recipe. I'll do it by my own self. You're pushing away. Maybe so. there's some other things that you think about in life. Things that you don't like to hear. Maybe you read a sign one time that says, Beware of dog. Dog bites. You say, I don't need, I don't need somebody to tell me about dogs. I know all about dogs. And so no one puts that sign up. You're walking through the neighborhood. You see the, the neighbor's yard. You see a dog there. You say, Oh, I love little doggies. And so you come up to the fence and you try to pet this little ferocious thing, and you get bit on the hand. And you go, "Oh!" But in your heart, you said, "I don't need a sign telling me anything. I know, I know." Maybe there's one more one more example I could give you. There's a rule that every parent in the whole world, all the time, has had for their kids. I'm I'm exaggerating that, kids. It's don't run in the street. Don't run in the street. And you think about that, and and kids, you know about this, right? You think to yourself, well, what if my ball goes into the street? I just got to run out and go get it. Or you you also think, boy, this street looks like a great place to run. It's wide open. It's flat. It's great. And yet, you know, kids, because your parents have explained this to you. The reason you don't run in the street isn't because it's a bad place for run and that it doesn't look fun and that you shouldn't go get your ball and these other things. The reason is because it's dangerous. You could get hurt. There's cars. You've got to be careful. And that's a warning message to you. But if you say to your mom and dad, it says don't run, I know, I know, I'll make up my own rules. Is that good for you? Absolutely not. So this morning, as we look at this message from from God to us, be careful in your own heart, kids, as you come to God's word that you don't say, I know, I know. You don't have to tell me, God, about how I should live. I know, I know. I know what's best for me. This morning, kids, we're looking at verse 20. Verse 20. And it starts out talking about children. And it doesn't really distinguish really what a child is or what a kid is. It just leaves it out there. It's a little bit vague. But I want to tell you this, kids, is this. You're a kid until you're an adult, okay? And an adult, there's a couple of things that an adult does. First of all, they don't live in their parents' house, okay? There's a sense in which that's a big deal when you move out on your own. You do your own thing. You set, you set up shop in your own house. There's a sense in which if you're living in your parents' home, you're in their household. And so their rules are the ones that rule the day. A couple of other things, kids. Uh, adults, they make their own money. They're out, they have a job. They provide for their own needs. There's a sense in which when your parents are providing for your needs, once again, their rules are Rule, and God has placed you under their household, their umbrella, their authority. What is it that we're talking about this morning is obedience, to obey, to obey. And what this is, kids, I think you know this, that, that obedience, you have many times a day where you have an opportunity to obey. You might wake up in the morning and your mom says to you, good morning, how are you? This is what's going to happen today. We're going to leave at 8.30. We're going to go shopping. Okay? So you need to go get your clothes on and then have some breakfast. Right there is your opportunity to obey. Right there is your opportunity to obey. Uh, You come to the kitchen and you say, Mom, what's for breakfast? And she says, Well, you can get yourself some cereal. That's what we're having for breakfast today. That's an opportunity to obey right there, right? You say... uh, uh, you know, Mom, I'm, I'm done with breakfast. And she says, okay, before we go, uh, someone needs to feed the dog. Make sure they have water for the day. It's a hot day. You've got to make sure that's taken care of. That's your opportunity to obey. This might happen as well. Maybe Mom says, you know what? I'm going to go shopping in town. I'm going to leave you home alone. While you're home alone, I want you to do these four chores. I want you to clean your room and take care of these things for our family. And then after that, after that, you can play outside, you can watch a movie, maybe even play your video games. That's your opportunity to obey. And so what it is, kids, is there's a ton of decisions throughout your day where you have an opportunity to obey your mom and dad. Some things are easy and some things are hard, aren't they, kids? What if your mom says to you, you need to obey me right now. You're like, oh, no. Go get the ice cream out and eat a bowl of ice cream. Right now. You're going, hey, this obedience thing is easy. I, I can do this obeying my mom. And, yes, mom, I'll do it right away. You know, yes, ma'am, this is great. I, I love to obey my mom and dad. There are some things that are real easy to obey, and there are other things that are extremely difficult, Right? The things where your mom's not around and maybe all your brothers and sisters are doing something wrong and you're going, no one's going to know. No one's going to know. Maybe it's something that, that your family has decided is right and wrong and you go to school and nobody else is doing that. and you You know that no one will find out. Your mom and dad are not going to find out and you go, this is my opportunity to obey. I want to skip down a few words and just Point this out, kids, is this. In verse 20, it says, children, obey your parents in everything, in everything, right? If you obey, if you obey your parents, it's not that you just obeyed when they told you to get dressed that morning. And then the rest of the day, you made your own decisions. And the rest of the week, and you're doing your own thing. And somebody says, do you obey? You say, oh, yeah, I obey my mom. You say, well, well, when? Last week, last Monday, she told me to get ready, and, and I did. And all those other decisions in, in, uh, went out the window. God wants you, kids, in that special relationship that you have with Him, where He has done all, all, all that He has done. He's forgiven you of your sins at the price of Jesus. In that special relationship, He says, I want you to obey your mom and dad. Well, what is it to obey, kids? Let me give you this def- definition that might help you. It's to do. It's to do first of all, okay? It's to do what they say when they say it and with a good attitude, okay, kids? Listen up. To obey your mom and dad, it means to do what they say when they say it and with a good attitude. Let me give you an a example there. So so your mom says to you, hey, I, I want you to uh, clear the table, clear the table, clear the dishes into the... Uh, I want you to work, and your job is to take the dishes into the kitchen. And you say, yeah, I heard my mom say I, I needed to work, but you know what? I'll go clean my room, you know? I'll go clean my room, because... I like to clean my stuff and all those dishes. They were all my brothers and sisters dishes and my mom and dad. And why don't they just do it themselves? Okay. So I'll go take care of my stuff. I'll, I'll work. I'll be working, but that's not obedience kids. That's not obeying. Cause that's not what your mom said or your dad said. That's not obeying. You're not doing what you're told. You're making up your own idea. Secondly, uh, you know, maybe maybe your dad says to you, I, I need you to empty all the trash in the house, all you know, all the bathrooms, all the rooms. I need you to empty the trash. And you say, Got it, Dad. I'm on it. Got it. And you're sitting on the couch and you're maybe watching a movie or you're you're playing with your siblings, you, you have your video games out, you you're reading a book or whatever, and you're you're doing your own thing and and two, three hours later, your dad or your mom Say, hey, I thought I told you to take the trash out. He said, yeah, you did. You did tell me that. I remember that very vividly. I was sitting on the same couch, uh, and you were standing over there, and you told me to take the trash out. And I said, yeah, Dad, I'm on it. I'm on it. You see, they're not taken out. You disobeyed me. No, 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 Dad. See, what you don't understand is I put it on my schedule. I put it on my schedule, and I'm going to empty that trash three days from now. I'm going to obey, but I'm going to get it three days from now. Kids, I want to tell you, that's not obedience. That's not obeying. It's doing what you're told when you're told to do it. Lastly, kids, this is where God comes in, okay? It's not that as you're told to take the trash out and empty the trash, you go, fine, I'll be your slave. I'll take out that stupid trash. And you go and you stomp through the house and you grab a bag and you go, I'm taking out your trash because you're too lazy to do it. I'm your slave. That's not obedience as God has designed it here. That's not what He's called you for, for, kids. He's called you to obey your parents to do what they say when they say it and with a good attitude. I want to remind you kids, uh, what, do you, what have we talked about your parents so far? What do we know about them? They're sinners, right? It doesn't mean that they're always right. It doesn't mean that they're even reasonable sometimes. It means that this is what God has for you. And this is a part of your relationship with God. Not just your relationship with your parents. As we look at this, kids, there's something important that I want you to see. It says, uh, children, obey your parents in everything. But then what does it say? For this pleases the Lord. This pleases the Lord. I, I think sometimes, kids, it's so complicated. Life is so complicated. It's hard to know what you're supposed to do. And with God, it seems so amazing because even as we sang some of the songs about him I don't know if you're like I am, but I was sitting here and I was singing some of those songs and I go, God, that's hard for me to understand how great you are. It's hard for me to, you're so amazing and so big and so strong and so different than I am, so much bigger and better than I am. Sometimes I I wonder how I'm supposed to act and what I'm supposed to do. Well, you should be thrilled with this verse, kids, because it says this. This is what pleases the Lord. This is what pleases the Lord. In your special relationship with God that he's taken away your sins and you have a relationship with him, this is what you can know about when you obey your parents. It's that it pleases the Lord. That pleases the Lord. It's as if if you could see God's face if he had a face like ours and And, and as you could see him watching you and as you could see him, he sees when you obey your parents, when it's hard and when it's easy and it's as if God says, yes, yes. That's why I sent my son. That's what, that's what I desire for you. That's why I saved you is because you are following me. We have that special relationship and this is what pleases me. Kids, this this is hard. Uh, this is hard for adults too. But I, I want to ask you the question. This this word obedience, uh it, it has the idea of listening, listening. Uh, that that's what it is to obey, it's to listen. And and how many of you have seen Charlie Brown? How many of you have seen Charlie Brown? Any episode of Charlie Brown. Uh how do the adults sound and the parents sound in Charlie Brown? <laughs> You know, it, And it's not that the kids can't hear the parents, right? It's just that their voice is kind of muffled and it doesn't mean a whole lot. It's the kids' voices that mean something, right? And, there's a, and the kids are having this real clear conversations and the, kids are, the, the parents are just out of it and the teachers are as well. Kids, I want to tell you this, that the idea of you obeying is the idea of listening it's who you're listening to. And it's not just that you're hearing words or voices, but it's that you're, you're moving on them and, you're, and you're, you're acting upon them. And you say, well, what's so hard about that? This is what's so hard about it. Well, who does God call us to obey? Our parents, right? And, and, and this is what's hard. It's hard in the church. It's hard out of the church. Say, say, kids, your bedtime is 8.30 at night. It's, it's your bedtime. Your parents have said, you're going to be in bed at 8.30. That's just the way it is. And you're, you're out on your baseball team, and you're, you're talking, you get a break, and someone says, uh, hey, uh, I went to bed last night at 10 o'clock. And you say, 10 o'clock? What were you doing? He says, well, I was going to bed at 10 o'clock. That's my bedtime. And you say, what? My bedtime's 8.30 one of the other kids on the team goes, your bedtime's 8.30? Like, do you still sleep with your blankie and stuff like that too? He said, no, no. Not all the time. Uh, at he says, yeah, I go to bed at 10 o'clock. And somebody else on the team says, you go to bed at My bedtime's 10.30. And you start taking a, a poll of the other players, and their bedtimes are all later than yours. He said, that's, and they're going, you're lame, you know, you're on a bedtime at 8.30. And so you go home and you go, "Um, mom, dad, I'm not going to bed at 8.30 anymore. He said, what are you talking about? Everyone else goes to bed at 10 o'clock. You know, I should at least be able to go to bed at 10 o'clock because everybody else is doing it. I want to ask you kids, who has God called you to obey? Everybody else's parents, their rules? Has he placed you in their household? No. He's put you in there. He loves you. He knows your parents. He knows you. He loves you. He's placed you in your home. Kids, uh, you, you know, it's interesting. You might be at school and you might be hanging out with the kids on the playground. And you know your parents' rules. You know what they've told you to do. You know the things that they've they've set up for you as right and wrong. And you're out at school and and everyone's talking about something. Hey, let's go do this. And you go, oh, I know that's wrong. They're like, hey, let's go! Come on, let's go! We're going. He's, oh, I shouldn't go. We're saying, are are you gonna come? Are you gonna be one of our friends, or are you gonna hang back? Well, my mom, your mom's not here. Do you understand? Forget about your mom. Listen to us. I want to ask you, kids: Has God called you to listen and obey your friends? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. One other thing, kids, and I want you to get this, okay? This is super important for you. God has not called you. He has not said you must obey your brother or your sister, okay? So this happens. It happens all the time, doesn't it? Your, your, mom, and, your mom went to the store. Dad's at work, you know. Things are out. You're in charge, you know. There's three or four of you at home, okay? And you know mom's rules, You know what she's told you to do and what she's told you not to do. And all of a sudden, one of your brothers or sisters disobeys one of those rules. You know you're not supposed to have ice cream and mom's not home. And so you go, I guess I'm in charge. One of your brothers and sisters says, I'm having ice cream. And what do you say? Yes! This is good news! I know we're not supposed to have ice cream, but they did it. They did it. So because they did it, it must be all right for me. And when mom comes home and sees the bulls, because you're never smart enough to really uh, clean that stuff up, and there's always evidence. And she says, "I told you weren't supposed to have that. What do you say? My brother did it. He did it first. That's even a better answer, isn't it, kids? He did it first. So somehow... Somehow, it wasn't that you disobeyed. It was that your brother did, and he gets busted, and you're just following. I want to tell you, kids, don't listen to your siblings. Don't listen to your siblings. Your brother or your sister, when they're doing wrong, don't listen to them. God has called you to listen and obey your parents. I want to tell you, kids, this is great. This is so much. If you can grab a hold of this, this will be so great for you. Why is this important? I, I realize I realize that if you are constantly disobeying your parents, it's not gonna make things good for you at home. Do you understand that? Some of us it's a little slower to get that than others, you know. We mom says this, we say, I'm not listening to mom. I'm just gonna keep going. That means bad news, right? And bad news travels fast in a family, right? Have you ever you know, you, you've done what's right and your brother or sister are disobeying, it kind of creates a funk throughout the whole house, right? Everyone's kind of grouchy because there's this sin, sin stuff going through your house. But what I want to tell you this, this is so great. It, it's not just about your relationship that mom and dad, you have a good relationship with your mom and dad. But the reason that this is great is because of your special relationship that you have with God. Your special relationship that you have with him. That this is the, the one you say, you know what? I don't agree with my mom and dad, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey them because I love my relationship with God. It's about my relationship with him. He loves me so much that he sent his son to die for me. So I should obey my mom and dad. That's why. Kids, uh, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. I realize all the struggles and it's not easy to obey. When I was your age, to obey my parents is very hard, especially that last one about having a good attitude. That was hard for me. But it's not about my relationship with my dad or my relationship with my mom. It's about my relationship, my special relationship with him. And you know what, kids? This is what's best for you. The God who loves you so much that he sent his son, he loves you. And he says, This is what's best for you. This is my message for you. This is what I want us all to get from this message, really from this passage. And we talked about it last week. I hope you're getting it. I hope you're getting it. That it's good for wives to have a a special relationship with Jesus. Wives need Jesus. Last week we looked at husbands. And you know, husbands, they need Jesus. And kids, you know what? Kids need Jesus. Next week, we're going to talk about parents need Jesus. We might even say it like this. Parents really need Jesus. Okay. And, and, and what this pulls together is just this beautiful, beautiful family that's touched by Jesus. That where each one is has a special relationship with him and they're treating one another in, in, Because of their relationship with him. And this is what makes a family work. That Jesus is right in the midst of it. Let's pray. And specifically pray for the kids that are represented here today. God, thank you. Thank you for the uh, amazing gift of salvation. That the blood of Jesus was spilled on our behalf. That we can that your anger that was justified because of the things that we did, that your anger, your wrath was completely satisfied. It's on the basis of our special relationship with you that you now call us to act in a certain way in our home, a home filled with sinners. God, I ask that you would grant these kids the strength to do what's right to obey when their flesh is crying out for other things, Lord, I pray that you would remind them through your Holy Spirit. I ask that you would draw these kids to yourself in such a way that they would enjoy that special relationship and that Jesus would be present in their homes. God, thank you for your love for us and the sacrifice that Jesus made. And it's in his name we pray all these things. Amen.